if you have your Bible, will you please turn again to Isaiah chapter 6. And with the word of God open, let us come to the Lord and ask for his help as we come to his word. Lord, we thank thee for the words of these hymns that we have been singing together. Reminding us, Lord, that we do have an anchor that is steadfast and sure, fastened to the rock. And we thank you that that anchor is Christ. And we thank you, Lord, that we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful hymn. And Lord, we would make it the prayer of our heart that thou would give us a heart that is pure, a heart that is clean, with not a sunlight between, a ready hand, a willing mind to do whatever thy will may be. And to go, Lord, to those who are high in society, to those who are low in society, and Lord, to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the mission among the boys and girls that only here in Margaret Hill, but in Portadown and other places where there's been that thrust and evangelism to the boys and girls. And we pray for the word that they have heard and received, that you'll hide it in their hearts, that it may germinate and grow and bring forth fruit that shall remain for all of eternity. And we pray for the youth of our denomination, that, Lord, that you'll bless them and you'll encourage them and you'll help them with their studies, with their exams, with everything that has to come across their path in life, that in all their ways, Lord, they may acknowledge thee and thou shalt direct their paths. Lord, I need your help. As we come to your word now, of myself, Lord, I am nothing but the clay. And Lord, I yield my whole self to thy will and ask, O God, that you'll fill this vessel with your spirit and with your power and help us, Lord, to preach as you would have us to preach for Jesus' sake. Amen. You know, ladies and gentlemen, in times of trouble and in times of great uncertainty, it is wonderful and it's good to know that you and I, we live in a land where we are privileged to have the Word of God. And I simply want to title the sermon, An Upward Look in a Time of Crisis. And here we have, in recordance of God's Word, Isaiah the prophet. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw also the Lord. It was a time in Isaiah's life that he would never forget. It would be a vision that would stay with him and live with him throughout all of his living memory. And whenever those great trials and difficulties would come in the servant of the Lord, he would be able to look back to this very important time in his life and say it was in that year, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord. There are four very simple little things, thoughts that I just want to leave with you here today. As we come together as a congregation, as we come together as a nation, first of all, we can see that in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of crisis, Isaiah had an upward look. And that's the first thing that we want to see today, his upward look. 
And it's in the midst of times of sorrow and of great difficulty, men and women. And sometimes we struggle and we find it hard just to look up. The psalmist David recorded these words in the psalmist. He said, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills, for whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord. Has the Lord been speaking to you throughout this incoming year? Has in your own private and personal life, has there been times of difficulty and times of struggle? And you're struggling today even just to lift your eyes heavenward. Learn today from this great prophet of the Lord. When the nation was plunged into great sorrow and great grief over one of its greatest kings, King Isaiah, he reigned for 52 years. He did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. But sadly, as it came to the end of his life, King Uzziah, he made a a massive mistake and he went into the place where the Lord told him he was never to go. And you can find that recorded in 2 Chronicles chapter 26. But it's not King Uzziah today that we so much want to concentrate. We want to see in the midst of a nation's sorrow, in the midst whenever Isaiah did not know what the future would be for the nation. He got alone. And he got alone with the Lord. And he poured his heart out to the Lord. And as he did that, God drew near. The Lord drew near to Isaiah. And we'll see in a little moment or two, the nation of Israel was not only suffering with grief and with sorrow, but there was great spiritual decline in the land of Israel. And now its greatest king is dead. And Isaiah was wondering, what will the future be for Israel? You know, men and women and young people, in these last few years of our life, we have witnessed many changes. From 2019, we were hit with a a pandemic. The church doors were shut. COVID-19 was on the rage. We're now beginning to come out of it. And all of a sudden, we're being hit now with a financial crisis that every home and every place is now beginning to feel it. And to top it all off, Her Majesty the Queen has now been taken from us. What does a nation do? In a time of sorrow, in a time of grief, in a time of trouble, we look up. We look up. Because whenever Isaiah looked up, he saw the Lord. And men and women, what he saw... And there are only very few in the Bible who could say the same that Isaiah saw. He said, I saw the Lord. He saw the King of kings and Lord of lords. Yes, Her Majesty's throne was empty, but there's a King in heaven. There's a throne in heaven. And thank God it'll never be empty. Because the King of kings and Lord of lords sits upon that throne. 
as Isaiah said, and I saw, I saw the Lord sitting. Do you see it? I saw him sitting upon a throne. Upon a throne. And then he said, high and lifted up above, and his train filled the temple. What did Isaiah see? In the midst of a nation's crisis and sorrow, he could see the King of Kings. He could see the Lord. He could see his majesty, his glory, and his beauty. And there he could see the Lord high and lifted up. You see, men and women, what's it teaching us? God is sovereign in all things. God is still in control. Even though the nation can be plunged into war, into famine, and into many different and difficult trials in its life, yet there is still one who remains ever faithful and ever true, and who is always at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. Oh, to see his majesty and to see his glory. You see, I said there was only a few in the Bible could ever say that they saw the Lord. Joshua in chapter 5 and verse 13, as he was leading Israel out the battle, he said there stood a man with a sword in his hand. You see, that's the Lord. Christ is the captain of the host, leading Israel into battle. You know, whenever you go to Job, Job also said, I saw him, I saw the Lord, I saw the creator of heaven and earth. Whenever you go to Daniel, and yet Daniel, he, he could say there that he, he changes kings and he, he changes of, of, of the times, but yet he changes not. He's still the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And the Lord says, all may change. But Jesus never changes. He said, I am the Lord, and I change not. You see, generations can change, people can change, people positions can change, different things can come into our lives and can change everything upside down. But thank God there's still one who never ever changes. He's still the same. He has no beginning, he has no end. And as Isaiah looked that day in the midst of a crisis, as the nation was plunged into great mourning, as Isaiah wondered what would the future be for Israel, he looked up towards heaven and there he could see that Israel's future was still in the hands of Almighty God. Still in the hands of Almighty God. You see, men and women, that's what we need today. We need to get alone with the Lord. We need to get alone with Christ and we need to hold on to the altar and we need to cry afresh to the Lord that the Lord would come again and the Lord would revisit us with times of refreshing from his presence. Is God not speaking? Has the Lord not been speaking. You know, I said this to a man a few months ago. We've had the pandemic. We're now in the crisis of a, of a financial crisis and now we're now plunged in sorrow. 
And yet people seem to be still unconcerned about their soul. Is God not speaking? Is God not waking in the nation to realize that I am the Lord? That I am the Lord? That I am God? And maybe you're here today. What does this service mean to you? Are you only here out of habit? Are you only here just to please someone to come along? Or have you come here today to get your eyes fixed heavenward and to get your eyes on the Lord? You see, there's a wonderful passage in Micah chapter 7. And Micah also was a prophet of the Lord and Micah's ministry followed in through this period of time of Israel in the Judea. And Micah sat in great darkness whenever King Ahaz came to the throne and he followed after this king. The, 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 Jahab, when he came to the throne after King Uzziah, he did that which was right in the sight of but his reign was short. And then Ahaz came to the throne. And what did Ahaz do? He shut the house of the Lord and he turned Israel away from the Lord and, and he put up idols and, and, and broke down and broke the vessels of the house of the Lord. And it says in chapter 7 of Micah, and Micah says, Will I sit in darkness? Such was the darkness of the nation. And Micah's sitting there and he's sitting in darkness. And then he says, when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. You see, men and women, when Isaiah got alone with the Lord, he saw the Lord high and lifted up. He saw the Lord in his rightful place, sitting upon a throne. And he saw the glory and his majesty. He saw the cherubims and he heard the cry, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of the cried. And the house was filled with the smoke. Oh, men and women, you see when you and I get that upward look, And you see, when you and I get a fresh vision, a fresh glimpse of Christ again, we see what else happened in Isaiah's life. Because not only did he look up and see that God was sovereign, God was still in control, and no matter what happened in Israel's history, God was in control of it all. But now he begins to look inward. There's an inward look. There's a searching of the heart. And men and women, listen, if this was ever a time that our nation would need not only to look upward, but to begin to look in and see its own condition, its own heart, as you and I, as we stand before a holy and a righteous God, listen to the words of Isaiah, woe is me. Woe is me. Do you realize, sir, that one day, just as Her Majesty the Queen now is already, she has met and she is face to face with Christ her Savior. Do you realize one day that you too must stand, that I must stand before a holy and righteous God? 
Do you realize that one day the same presence that Isaiah stood in when he cried, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the closer you begin to get to Christ, and the more you begin to see Christ in all his purity, in all his glory, in all his majesty, then you begin to see just how sinful you really are. And listen, we can all say it today, we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. And it's not until the Lord gets your attention and gets my attention. It's not until you and I begin to draw near to God and see him there high and lifted up, see him there sitting in all his glory, in all his majesty, that we begin to see just how sinful we really are. You know, men and women, there will never be national revival and there will never be church revival until there's personal revival and the only way there can be personal revival is when you and I begin to examine our own hearts before the Lord I'm not talking about the one sitting beside you I'm not talking about the minister or the session of this church. It's until each one of us individually begin to examine our own hearts and begin to repent. I get that word, repent. To repent of the sin that is in all of our hearts. Because you see, Isaiah, when he looked in, when he looked into his own heart, he saw how sinful and how wicked he was. And he went on further to say, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Listen, it's all around us today, isn't it? You hear the language of the world today. You switch on your television, your radio, your whatever, your Twitter, your iPod, whatever it is, and all of a sudden you're hit with all of the immorality, the sin, the filth, the foul language, and you and I as God's children, we dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Let me ask you something, sir. How do you speak? Madam, how do you speak? You see, who can ascend into the hill of the Lord? But he that hath a clean heart, a clean heart, a pure heart and clean hands, and who have not lifted up his hands, to vanity. Is it any wonder we don't see the blessing of God the way we used to see it? But you see this point in Isaiah's life. 
It was going to be different. From this moment on, that moment that Isaiah saw the Lord and he began to see himself, he knew his life would never be the same again because here he is before the the Lord, the King of kings, the host of heaven, and he sees himself clean and undone. He sees himself filthy before God. And now Isaiah begins to repent of his own sin. All men and women, how we need to pray that the Lord would cleanse our hearts afresh. Oh, that the Lord would touch our lips with fresh coals from off the altar. That we would speak words of, in season, words of self, words of fear. Not words of criticism. Not words of strife. Not words of hurt. Not words of blasphemy. Not words that should come out of a Christian's mouth. We should abstain from foul language. That's what the Bible teaches us. That we ought to abstain from foul language. Never to take the Lord's name in vain. But always to hold it with the highest respect and with reverence. You see Isaiah... He looked up. He saw the Lord. You know, John, in the book of Revelation, he also saw the Lord. And when you go back to John chapter, or Revelation chapter 1, he was out on the Isle of Patmos. He was there for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And now this old servant of the Lord, and he's an old man. No doubt his eyes have failed, his ears are, are maybe dim to the hearing. And old John, he's sitting there in the Isle of Patmos. But then he says, I heard a voice. And it was a voice he recognized. It was a voice he had heard before. And he said, I turned to see the voice. And when I saw the voice, he said, I saw the Lord. He wasn't doting. He wasn't, his mind wasn't somewhere. He was clear in what he saw. And with the inward look, brethren and sisters, and the upward look, Isaiah got an outward look. And what an outward look he had. Because as he began to look out upon the nation, he saw the people as they really were. He saw them unclean. He saw them undone. He saw them lost. He saw them on their way to a crisis eternity. And he saw even something more. There was no one to tell them. He read in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 4, Ah, sinful nation, and it's not until you get before the Lord and you get a vision of Christ and Christ gets hold of your life and he breaks every altar, he breaks every idol, he gets every part of your heart, your life and being and you begin to see just who you are and you begin to look out and you see the people as they really are. A sinful nation a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children of corruption. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. Is that not a picture of our land? Is that not a picture even of our own nation? As Isaiah went on to say, from the sole of the foot even unto the head, there is no soundness. 
but wounds and bruises and puffy eye sores, they have not been closed, neither bounded up, neither mortified with ointment. But look at verse 9. Except the Lord of hosts had left what? Unto us a very small remnant. See how small the work of God had come. In the midst of a great nation, they become so sinful, so wicked, and so backward. And yet in the midst of that nation, God had left a people who had not yet bowed the knee. And you know what's been said of Northern Ireland? It's the land of the saints and scholars. It's the last little part of the United Kingdom. It's known as the Bible Belt of Britain. And yet, sadly, today in our land and nation and in our government, they are passing laws that are going contrary to the Word of God. And all I can say in the authority of God's Word has become a sinful nation. Oh, men and women, how we need today to look up. How we need to look heavenward and see Christ sitting there high and exalted and lifted high. See his purity, his holiness, his majesty, his authority, his glory, his splendor. And to let the Lord, the Holy Spirit, shine the light into each one of our hearts that the Lord would reveal to this preacher the sin that's in his life that I may get it all out. And that Christ may have all of me. And that the Lord would give me a vision to see this generation in which I live in lost and on its way to a Christless eternity. You see, he had the upward look. He had the inward look. He had the outward look. But finally, he had the forward look. Because he said, Lord, who shall go? Who shall I send and who will go for us? Then he said, I will go. Is there a young person in this meeting today and the Lord is challenging your heart? Maybe the Lord at this time of, of a nation mourning and great crisis, that the Lord would bring you in this year and bring you aside and bring you into the closet and reveal to you and get hold of your life and break every idol there is in it and that you may cry and be fully surrendered to the Lord filled with the Holy Ghost and the Lord say to you, now go. Now go and tell this people of Jesus the mighty to save. What's holding you back? What's keeping you as a child of God from surrounding your life? Is it your business? Is it your family? Is it your house? Is it your wealth? Are you thinking, if I give this all up, then I'll have nothing. But if I've got Jesus, then I've got everything. 
You see, men and women today, the Lord's looking for those who are fully surrendered. The Lord is looking for those whose lives are completely laid upon the altar for him. And the Lord is looking for those who will go in obedience to the gospel of Christ. You see, and I say it to this generation of young people, seize the moment. Seize the moment in your life to live for Christ. Give all that you have to him. And let the Lord take your life. And let the Lord make something absolutely beautiful out of it. And it becomes your time to depart from this scene of time that you'll still be looking up. You'll still be looking unto him who is the author and the finisher of your faith. You see, Isaiah, he said, Lord, send me, send me. You know, ladies and gentlemen, and young people, it will cost you. It will cost you. I remember when I first got saved way back in 1994, and I was heavily in flute bands. I loved the flute bands, and I know the band are having a 40th coming this year, and already they've been asking for us to go back, and others that were there. And many of those young lads that were with me, they all, most of them got saved as well, and many of them are going, we've been talking, are we, are we going to go back just for one more go? And I'm struggling with it. Because I remember that hymn so well. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but lost, demands my soul, my life, my all. I was only 18 at that time. I remember coming out of it and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. Mom says, go along to the Free Presbyterian Church and put it down and go along to the freeze. And I went there and I sat in a prayer meeting for over two years under the ministry of the Reverend Elliot. I'll never forget that night when he preached about the surrendering your life to God. And I can nearly take you to the very spot down the moss in one of the fields. And I said, Lord, you know, I give this all up. I give it all up to follow thee and to do what you would have for me to do. Do you know, young people, on 47 come October in the will of the Lord. And I'll tell you something. When you give your life to Christ and you give it all up for him, you'll find he is absolutely no disappointment. You see, in the year, he said, I could look back. And he marked it. And he said it was in the year that King Uzziah died. It was in that year where God got my attention, where God got my heart, and God got my life. He said, I went forth, and I was never the same for the Lord. And maybe in this year of the passing of Her Majesty the Queen Elizabeth II, there will come a time in your life when you'll look back and say, it was in that year when Her Majesty died 
that I saw the Lord and he got control of my life and I surrendered it all to him and now I go forth to tell the lost of Jesus the mighty to save. There's no better message to carry. There's no better message to tell that Christ Jesus left the realms of glory and he came to this sin-cursed earth And he was spotless and pureless and sinless. And he went all the way to the cross of Calvary. And there he died according to the scriptures. He died there for your sin and for my sin. And on the third day according to the scriptures. He rose again from the grave. And thank God today he's alive. And he has sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he's interceding on my behalf. You know what, men and women? There's coming an even greater day. Because one day the clouds of heaven are going to roll back. And the Lord is coming again. And all they who have died in Christ, and that could be me too. They can only lower me six foot into the ground. That's all the far they'll lower me. But when the Lord comes, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which remain shall be caught up on the air. What? To be forever with the Lord. Isaiah, he had an upward look, an inward look, an outward look, and a forward look. Will you go? Will you go today and serve the Lord?